Have you ever wondered how deep tech companies actually start? Well, we were too. So in this podcast, we'll be interviewing scientists and entrepreneurs that have taken their ideas out of the lab and turned them into startups. I'm Antonia. And I'm Christina. And this is Startup the Science. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another Startup the Science episode. Before I introduce our guest, I wanted to let you know that our website, www.enom.berlin slash startup the science, has gotten a makeover. We have a new look as well as some new features. And the one feature that I'm really excited about is that you can now leave us a voice message. If you have any questions for Antonia or for myself or for any of the guests that have been on our show, you can now record yourself on your phone or wherever and upload it and send it to us via our website. And who knows, maybe you'll be on our podcast. I'm honestly very curious about how this is going to go if we get any takers, but don't be shy. This is just like the olden days, you know, like when you were leaving a voice message or um, on, on an answering machine. Remember those things? Anyways, <laughs> today's episode is an expert episode with the one and only Jose Jimenez of Cedars. Cedars is an equity crowdfunding platform, and their mission is to enable all type of investors to invest in businesses they believe in and share in their successes. How cool is that? We reached out to Jose, um, I want to say over a year ago to be on our panel for Investors Day during our accelerator program. Jose brings such a different perspective to our Investors Day, mostly because, dare I say, it's not a traditional method of fundraising, right? We don't know too many startups who have actually gone down this route, but we know of a few who would really benefit from it. And so we thought we'd bring him and his unique perspective onto our podcast to explain in more depth about equity fundraising and how things are done at Cedars. So here's Antonia and Jose talking about just that. Hi, Jose. Welcome to Startup the Science. We're very glad to have you with us. After we've met you so many times during AnimalCom, it was about time that you also joined us on the podcast. My pleasure. So today we'll talk about a topic that is super important for startups, one of the most uh, important, I'd say, which is how to get money, how to get investment. We've had uh, one investor on our podcast before, actually one of your co-panelists during AnimalCom, but we never talked about this particular form of investment, which is crowdfunding. So it um, would be nice to, to hear all about it from you. But maybe first we start off with um, an introduction. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, including why you know so much about crowdfunding? Sure. Uh, actually, the crowdfunding part of it started by, by accident, like the best things in life. Um, my background is in uh, sound engineering and also business administration and management. I finished my studies here in Berlin. Uh, and then went to Finland, where I worked in the in the local equity crowdfunding platform called Investor. And after moving back to Berlin and uh, working in an investment bank as a, as an associate for TechStars and uh, and as a finance director in a in a startup and fundraising myself, I joined Cedars, which is the largest equity crowdfunding platform in Europe. That's amazing, and I guess everyone knows. Cedars, or you know, many people do, for sure, the startups listening to us are familiar with it. But maybe just in case anyone lived on a different planet or something, can you tell us a little bit about Cedars? What, um, what does it do? What kind of startups do you work with? The whole thing. So we are basically, uh, um, at the moment, uh, 
a little bit more than just crowdfunding. No, uh, we have a secondary marketplace where startups that come uh, to Cedars uh, can sell their um, their shares in the secondary market, which gives access to liquidity to their to their investors. And uh, the first stop for that is that startups come to us and we enable them to access uh, another source of uh, of money in this case and a source that comes uh, together with with people like you and me that bring not just money but it, it gives the companies marketing PR and it's not the same to um, do marketing with your startup and advertise uh, that you have very nice brewery or or whatever but when you actually have a piece uh, of, of that company then it changes the, the way you think about that company. And then instead of just having that brewery in the top of your mind, the next time you go to, uh, to a house party of your friends, you bring actually this beer that you have uh, an investment in because you become a brand ambassador. So that is that is the key of, uh, of equity crowdfunding, in my opinion. So equity crowdfunding obviously has the word equity in it. It's a bit different than traditional crowdfunding, right? I guess when people hear of crowdfunding, most of the times they think about the traditional crowdfunding campaigns that offer rewards um, in return for a certain amount of money. And those are quite low commitments on the side of the, of the contributors, right? And they're not really investors. They give some money and then they get a t-shirt or whatever the reward might be. This is different and it sounds a little bit more serious and I think it is. Um, and also, I imagine it's also a platform for investors to come and find the latest, best opportunities um, in their field. So from that perspective, is it then a platform that science-focused startups or, or deep tech startups could also benefit from more so than traditional crowdfunding? That's a very good question. Um, more complex startups might face the, the same problem that they, they will find with traditional fundraising as and it's to make uh, us stupid investors uh, to understand what they are doing. Um, so that is that is the main challenge uh, when when it comes to a to a high technology startup to make sure like you will do in traditional fundraising with your investors that depending also which investors you're talking to but anyways you need to make sure that the that the persons that you're talking to understand clearly what are you solving and how are you solving it and why is it such a good investment to make. All right. So if we look at the type of startups that come to to Cedars and generally to equity crowdfunding, what industries are they from? What type of products do they have? Just to, to get an idea of you know, what kind of companies could expect to raise money this way in a, in a successful manner. Yes. So um, the large part of, um, of the companies that are coming to Cedars have a certain component of a uh, large customer base no? and companies that are oriented to their customers. Because uh, having, having your customers investing in your, in your startup or, or having your startup in a platform that allows a crowd to invest in it and then become your customers is a very big return investment of, of, their, of their time in, in fundraising through equity crowdfunding. So is it more B2C then rather than B2B or would you also work with startups that are focused on services products for other companies? I always had an inclination to to pay a little bit more attention and, and have higher in my priorities B2C startups. But the, the truth is that uh, when when Cedars has quite a few investors at the moment and the possibility and the potential of fundraising for any kind of startup is uh, is quite big. For example, at the beginning of the of the year, uh, we brought Highcube, which is uh, kind of like a engineering company that that uh, does a world-class uh, energy storage and um, and they came without community at all 
and they managed to uh, to raise uh, 770,000 euros for over 1,200 investors that came mainly from from seeders. So that was a, a very big success of a company that that doesn't match the criteria that we just spoke about. So there is potential for every startup. That's why I always take a look at all of them and, and we give opportunities to all of them. That's a very good example of a successful campaign. So I'd imagine in that case, uh, it was perhaps not so much their, their business model that helped them be successful, but maybe it was the industry they're in, the fact that nowadays energy is a very big topic, anything in the sustainability, clean tech space would be a big topic. Okay, so let's say I have a startup in this field. I'm making, what am I making? Maybe I'm making a bioplastic, um, which is a topic we see a lot during um, Common our programs. And I have a really good idea of how to market this already. Maybe I want to make a new packaging available using this uh, new material that's biodegradable. Um, could I go to, to Cedars and what would I do to make my campaign successful? Of course. What I always do is I, I refer them to previous successful campaigns no? or, or uh, offer them introductions to entrepreneurs that led uh, successful campaigns. And um, it, it will depend on, on each case and, and we will sit down and that is actually my job to sit down with, uh, with you and listen to what do you have in mind? What uh, what size of round do you have? What are the what are the metrics uh, regarding traction or monthly recurring revenue? How interesting is this investment for for our users? And try to help you um, put it in the campaign in a way that our uh, investors will will pay attention to it, and you will stand out from all the rest. And what have you found to be the most important elements in a campaign that make um, startups stand out? To make them stand out in, 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 the, in the platform or to me as, a, as, a, as the person checking them to come to the platform? No, I'd say to make them stand out, yeah, on your platform to make their campaigns more successful, essentially. Maybe there are some tips and tricks on, on how to do that. Maybe how much equity to give or I don't know, what would be the... The top five tips. <laughs> so, the, okay, the top, uh, the most important one that I take a look at is uh, how much money comes pre-committed from their side. This is uh, equally important to to how professional the, the company looks. And, and the, the most important thing to me, actually, is how committed this uh, uh, the, the, the CEO or the, or the lead entrepreneur of this startup is. I need to feel that this is one of their top priorities, if not his top priority, uh, or else this is not going to, to happen. No, it's the same tips that I will give to any startup that is traditionally fundraising is don't start fundraising unprepared. And when you fundraise, it's like 90% of the time of, of you as a CEO of this company. So commitment from part of the, of the entrepreneur. And in terms of standing out, there is so many ways to make that happen No. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, um, one of the things that I would, would imagine would be to show their technology. This is something that we, it sounds really obvious, but it's something we see during the Admocon application process that a lot of startups talk a lot about the problem they're solving and not enough about their actual technology or product. Um, and sometimes the problem is really obvious. So they win more by spending time on uh, describing the technology. And completely agree on the commitment side. We've also seen... Uh, cases of startups applying where nobody in the team was working on the project full-time, and that's always a bit of a red flag for, for investors. So as, as an investor and also as a Techstar mentor, um, what are the main things you look at when you try to bet on a startup, when you try to, to estimate as much as you can how successful that startup will be? Are there a couple of elements that you have in mind, like a mental checklist, and what would those be? Yes, the level of commitment of the entrepreneur, that is extremely important. 
which size of round are, are they going to, to do, how much money do they have already pre-committed, size of their community, in case of uh, that being relevant. I keep in mind, uh, and, I, and I also try to explain uh, when I'm meeting with, uh, with an entrepreneurs that uh, when you come to do an equity crowdfunding uh, campaign, the money is going to come from the three different sources. One is going to be your existing investors or new uh, investors coming into this, into this round, your community and the seeders community. And with these three, we need 100% of the total money that you need. So we need to find a balance and an equilibrium between, between these three. And we need to be honest with, hey, how much community do we have? How much can we communicate that we need and, and how much are we going to expect from our community and Cedar's community? Okay, that makes sense. And that actually leads me to my next question, which I was going to ask earlier, then forgot, now I remembered. How exactly does it work? So, all right, I've made my campaign. I've found ways to make it stand out. I've described my bioplastic and I've explained what investment I already have. And now what happens if a thousand people decide to give me money? Do they all become shareholders of my company and how do they get their return on investment? What, what's the process? So we in Cedars, we have um, a nominee structure. This means that uh, Cedars nominee limited will be the only seat that is taken in your cap table and all the hundreds or thousands of investors will, will be under, under that structure. So that's why we exist now we are going to take away all the burden of administration and legal from now until until you exit the company i'm not sure if i'm if i answer your question no that that makes perfect sense so i don't have to deal with a thousand investors right as a startup but cedars does that for me under kind of an umbrella yeah and they are all also uh potentially dynamic no because we have the secondary market so investors might sell their shares another investor might buy new shares and uh, and you have the, the duty with them that you will have with uh, with any other investor to uh, to inform them. Um, I usually should suggest uh, monthly, but uh, at least minimum uh, every quarter an update to your investors uh, in Cedars of how how are things going. Um, maybe asking there is a there is a very good um, feedback from the from the investor community in Cedars where there is cases of a lot of startups that have been have received. Uh, news from investors like hey the your product should be in this and that other supermarket but it has not been here for this amount of time and it's occupying this or, or that other shelf or so on and so forth so there is a lot of uh, support also from from the cedars investors because they are invested in the in the success of that startup and the cedars uh, vet the investors in any way or can anyone become an investor could could christina go now on, on cedars and support my bioplastic startup for example we we have a know your customer uh, process. Um, the main um, we do a very thorough due diligence, um, both in and this is something that is very important that that it's not too public. But the due diligence that we uh, my colleagues do on the startups that come live in the platform is extremely thorough. So we take extreme care of both parties in the case of investors and startups. We want investors to have startups that everything that they are saying is true, that everything, every fact is checked, and that everything that is said in the campaign is fair, clear, non-misleading. And the due diligence is very thorough to make sure that we leave the investors with the with the most transparent truth that 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 we have. And um, and the same for uh, for the investors. Yeah. Okay. So the same for the investors, meaning you also have a process to kind of 
check who these investors are before they are allowed to to be on the platform or yeah the, the uh, with this i mean that we do a very thorough diligence in the in the money and where is the money coming from uh if it if it comes from um terrorist activities or money laundering we are regulated by the financial um, institution in uh, the uk so we need to meet all the all the requirements uh, that they need and at the moment we are accepting investors only from Europe and some limited countries outside of Europe, but mainly from Europe. And investors, okay, of course, they, they cannot be terrorists and they cannot have illegal sources of, of money that they're investing on theaters, but they can be private individuals and they can be financial uh, financial institutions, for example, or VCs, or what, what type of investors can we expect to find on theaters? We, we have a lot of uh, institutional investors that we are in touch with, but when a campaign is public in the in the platform, uh, it's public for people like you and me. So start, uh, opening an account in Cedars takes uh, takes a couple of minutes, uh, and and do the know your uh, know your customer process is also that couple of minutes, and from that point you are able to uh, put your funds into your Cedars account and invest uh, as little as ten euros in startups that are in the platform. I might just do that. Maybe I'll invest in bioplastics. I heard they're very trendy right now. I actually have uh, have a couple that I'm talking with. Some some of them might there might be uh, from from your startups. That that's very likely as we we do always get applications in this field and I'm hoping we'll get more because they're very cool. Okay, so I think I kind of understand how equity crowdfunding works now. So I'm taking my bioplastic startups and probably I'll I'll run a campaign. Um but I'm curious to know why why wouldn't I do that? Like it sounds very easy or easier than than other types of investment. So, are there some drawbacks to equity crowdfunding that you can share with us, or are there benefits to other forms of funding in comparison to this one? What should I have in mind when I'm looking at equity crowdfunding? So, equity crowdfunding is usually faster than traditional fundraising. But again, what I suggest is that both go hand by hand. So. In the end, my main suggestion is don't maybe maybe don't go for equity crowdfunding when uh, when you're not going to get enough value of being exposed to the crowd and to a, and to a large number of investors. Maybe your product is not ready yet. Maybe you want to wait a little bit and be more ready and show more traction and have something more appealing to to the to the larger crowd because when you are in an early, in a very early stage, you have investors that their expertise is to invest in those stages, but that might be hard to convince someone with just an idea or a concept or a, or a very early stage MVP that their money, their hard earned money, and they don't they, they are not investing the money of other people. They are investing their own money also. So uh, so it's even harder to to convince uh, or potentially harder to convince uh, to convince the crowd. So that that would be the the main thing that I would keep in mind. It will be faster. It will take time. Will the return investment of your time will be worth it? Right. It may or may not be depending on how convincing your product is for a larger audience. And and how do you deal then with intellectual property issues in that context? Because as you know from, from mentoring and being part of Admocom, most of the startups we would work with that we've also had on the podcast have as their core two assets, uh, their team and their IP. So depending on how um, how significant their IP protection is at an early stage. Is equity crowdfunding a good idea for them to make that technology quite quite public on a platform like Cedars and maybe other platforms? Or would you say they should 
first make sure they really protect their their technology before going so public? I haven't thought this ever before. Um, it, it it comes to my mind what I will think with NDAs, but but it's not quite the same. When uh, when you come to Cedars, you're going to be public for everyone anytime, no now or in the future. Uh, people will have access to your video, and you will share your uh, your campaign with uh, with the internet. No, so if you're scared of uh, putting what you are doing, uh, being able to uh, to be uh, copied uh, before you are truly protected, then maybe keep it for yourself. Yeah. Right. So it's a very good platform and you can raise money fast, but ideally you can access this opportunity when you're slightly more advanced, when you're ready to publish more about your technology so you can be as convincing as possible to, to a larger audience. And that should go hand in hand with funding or investment that you're getting from other sources, if I understand this well. Yeah. And, and it's important also to keep in mind the are you going somewhere? Are you going international? Is your are you expanding to to some other country? Because we have half a million users from all the European countries, no. So there is a lot of uh, you're going to have a lot of reach. Uh, an equity crowdfunding campaign also always has a lot of marketing and PR associated to it, and and a lot of news are created because of because of that. So um, if that is also something important for them, that's uh, that's also something to keep in mind. That makes sense. I was going to ask about that, if it's also a marketing channel for, for the startups, but uh, I guess you've already answered that question. And so it sounds like a really good way also for investors, for other types of investors like uh, VC or angel investors to find opportunities. Do Cedars also collaborate with these type of investors in a different way? I'm imagining they don't directly invest in the platform, maybe, or maybe they do. Or do you work with them kind of differently to connect them with startups one to one? We do have um, we do have uh, a certain deal flow of startups that uh, that we sometimes uh, that we share privately with uh, institutional investors. We have over I think it's around six hundred institutional investors that we're in touch with, and uh, and we just uh, one of my colleagues just created a Cedars Angel network. So we are going to try to because uh, the uh, anchor investor team where we connect startups to big investors. It starts from rounds that, that are larger than a million. And there is a, a gap there of startups that need also help to get some pre-commitments. And we are able to, to help them through our angel network at the moment. Great. So I guess I should just take my bioplastic startup and get started on my campaign or tell all the startups that we work with to do that. Um, so you already mentioned one earlier, but can you give me some examples of startups you've worked with or successful campaigns that you were part of that you're really proud of and you'd like to share? Most of them are coming, um, so I, I will suggest you to stay tuned. I, I'm in touch with uh, one company from Spain is coming. Uh, the entrepreneur has built over 30 successful startups, and uh, and this it could be the next unicorn. That's that's how it feels to me, and I'm very happy that it's coming. And I'm also in touch with uh, one of the one of the co-founders of my taxi that was sold to uh, to Daimler uh, some years ago. And uh, he has uh, he's building his next startup, and they will be coming to Cedars uh, at the beginning of next year. But from the past, on top of the one that uh, that I shared with you about Highcube, there is also one that I that I like a lot, and I also invested myself, which is called the Chiki Panda, and they uh, produce 100% ultra sustainable, low carbon bamboo tissue products. So oh, that's perfect, and fits our material profile so well. Yep, that's nice. And so how were they successful? Did they raise a lot of money and then become very big? Or can you tell us a bit about them? 
And lockdown happened and people started hoarding uh, toilet paper, I guess. <laughs> no, they were successful because they, they have a great team and they have a great product and, and, they, and they are doing a good business. Like every startup, that's why they are successful or not, because of most of the time it's the team. Sounds about right. That's what we're noticing on, on our end as well. So as we're getting close to, to the end of our episode, I'm wondering if you have any uh, words of wisdom, any particular tips and tricks you want to give startups that are not just considering equity crowdfunding, you can also talk about general bits of advice that you might have for startups from, from your experience in mentoring so many of them. Hmm. What has helped me in, in life in general lately is just be, be honest, be honest in general, be honest with yourself. Try to challenge the stories that you're telling to yourself and think about how much of those of those stories that you're telling to yourself are true and give the the opportunity of others to to show you some other potential ways of telling yourself that story. So try to not excuse yourself also. Things happen and things happen and you're responsible of them. <laughs> Makes sense. I like it when we shift the approach to more life advice on, on the podcast. I remember during our episode with Oral Tech that you could listen to from season one, one of the bits of advice that uh, Natalia gave was just think. <laughs> think. think. <more. laughs> that makes sense. Just think about stuff. So I really like that. And the, be honest, is also very good life advice, no matter what startup yeah. you have or what you're doing. Think and learn to read minds. That's also a very good, a very good okay. tip. Yeah, we, we most of the times don't even know what we are thinking ourselves. Uh, good luck trying to guess what the others are, are, are thinking, but, uh, but, but it's, a, it's a good exercise, no? What they're thinking now, what they'll be thinking in the future, trying to predict, predict the predictions. All right, on that very philosophical deep note, I think we'll wrap things up. We're looking forward to um, seeing you at Atmocom very soon. And yeah, we'll definitely keep in touch. If we see any exciting startups that could have crowdfunding campaigns, we'll send them your way. My pleasure. If anyone wants to get in touch with me, uh, they can just find me on LinkedIn, Jose Jimenez, very Spanish guy, and uh, happy, to, happy to hear from, from anyone that wants to stay in touch and talk to me about anything. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening to Startup the Science. If you like our show and want to know more about what we do, check out our website at enam.berlin. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time.